The Ask Theory podcast shines the spotlight on Pinoy scientists from various scientific disciplines. Listen to some of the country's best scientific minds as they explain what they do in simple terms and share fascinating stories of how they got into science, the incredible things they've learned about the world around us, and so much more. Hi Mark, welcome to the Ask Theory podcast. Yes, good morning or good afternoon and good evening, Mikael. At sa ating mga followers and listeners sa iyong podcast. It's really my honor to be part of this program. Nako, and it's a big honor for us then to have you here on the show. From one science communicator to another, I feel so great that you're here. Na you're you're willing to share your time with us. Lalo na, I know you're, alam ko, busy ang schedule mo with your work, syempre with content creation, and all of those things. But before we get into that, and before I get ahead of myself... I'd like our listeners to get to know a little more about you. So can you tell us a bit about yourself, your work, what you do for a living, and the process of how you fell in love with science? Yes, so currently right now, I'm a national coordinator and a program manager of De La Salle Institute for the Environment. So it's under De La Salle Philippines. De La Salle Philippines is the umbrella organization or the mother organization of all De La Salle schools in the Philippines. We're in the DLSU Manila, DLSU Das Marinas, we're also part of it. So I basically conduit all education and environmental related activities of all schools from Mindanao, Visayas to Luzon in maybe to harmonize all of their environmental activities. And I basically help them also in terms of compliance with our government, you know, and education and their individual advocacies as schools. Aha. So, ang question ko, bakit science? I mean, siyempre, ano ba, habang studyante tayo, the world is our oyster. Sobrang daming pwedeng gawin, sobrang daming pwedeng puntahan. Bakit science? What got you into it? Well, actually, it all started kasi when I was, I think, seven or eight years old. My sister kasi was taking nursing that time. So that was, I think, almost three decades ago, that time. And I used to scan her nursing books. So I was seven or eight. I'm scanning nursing books, psychiatric nursing, OB nursing, emergency care books. Kasi nagagandahan lang ako sa visuals that time. But my mom was also a registered midwife turned social worker. Ngayon, yung mga books kasi na pinapamigay sa kanila doon sa pinagtatrabawuhan niya, yung mga bata kasi minsan hindi pinapayagan na magbasa ng mga books na not age-appropriate. So instead na itapon or ibalik doon sa nag-donate, inuwi niya yung mga books. So ngayon, ang dami kong nababasang books and most of them were science books. And ang gaganda talaga ng visuals niya. Then I started loving you know astronomy, I started loving medical sciences, I started loving mostly yung mga sciences. So I think it all started there. And I think science was my puppy love. Oh, ang cool. What a cool puppy love. <laughs> yes. Oo. Sa naalala ko, na, natawa lang ako na sinabi mo na you were looking at the books and naganda ang kasi illustrations. Sa naalala ko nung college ako, my friends used to ask me to draw yung illustrations nila for their bio subjects. So yung mga cell, yung mga kung ano-ano. ano. So, so parang naalala ko, oo nga, very, very ano, heavy on illustrations yung mga ganyang books nga. So, I can totally relate. Medyo ganyan din yung story ko about, about science, although ako dinosaurs naman. 
So, you might yes. box. Yeah, the you box on. Because we don't know what dinosaurs really look like. We can only speculate from what fossil evidence tells us. Pero the illustrations that I saw in the books that I had as a kid, which some of which I still have up to now, were just so, so brilliant. So, ang laki talaga ng effect ng visuals, no? To get okay. you into science. I'm curious, if you were to like take your mission as a scientist, what you want to accomplish in, in your life as a scientist and put that all in one sentence, what would that sentence be and why? I think, siguro, a planting is not only for those who have green thumb. <laughs> it's a basic human instinct. So why? Because mostly, I really love plants and planting. Mostly because people in, ag- in agriculture and maybe some people in the business, they keep on saying, or even on our own households, they keep on saying, no, I can't plant because I don't have green thumb. Uh-oh. And it's actually not true. As long as we know how to eat, we should know how to plant. So it's really a basic human instinct for us to know how to plant because we know how to eat, how we know how to consume plants or we know how to consume food. So that's maybe I think that I need to really work on to debug that kind of concept or mentality to all people na kapag wala tayong green thumb, eh, hindi na tayo, hindi na natin kaya makapagpabuhay ng halaman. No, it's not true. So that we need really to work on. Oh, alam mo, ang ganda niyang sinabi mo, lalo na na yan yung central message na gusto mong iparating sa... Kasi tama kayo, napaka-simple lang na concept, pero it's also very self-defeating. Like, it stands in the way of us being nurturing towards plants or having our own, like, gardens or taking care of plants. Yung, yung, yung idea na hindi natin kayang bumuhay ng buhay. Pero kailangan natin baguhin yung ganyang perception. Tama ka dyan. Which leads me to my next question. Kasi na-curious din ako sa work mo. If, I, if I'm not mistaken, a pollution control officer, tama ba? Yes, yes. So, maybe tell us a bit about your work in pollution control. Ano ba ang ginagawa ng pollution control officer? At saka ano ba yung kinalaman nito sa environmental education in general? Ah, okay, siguro. I'd like to explain muna my environmental education thing first. So, it all started back in college kasi. Our vice president for research and development, who happens to be my ecology professor that time, naghahanap siya ng research assistant. And also that time, my contract as a service crew sa isang restaurant, so I was working student kasi, was about to end. And luckily, she approached me kasi I was one of the top performers kasi on her class. Sorry to brag. <laughs> so ngayon, meron siyang naging project with DENR, Department of Environment and Natural Resources, under Environmental Management Bureau, with an international partner. And she needs, you know, a helping hand to help her. And then she tapped me, tinanong niya if I can do this job, and I said yes with my eyes closed, kahit hindi ko naman talaga alam yung gagawin ko. So I said yes. And then all I needed to do that time was actually to transcribe all her interviews about her projects related to environment. Interviews, so I needed to transcribe it. From transcribing, I need to translate it. If ang interview niya was on Tagalog, I need to translate it in English and vice versa. And fast forward to my graduation, she called me again. Sabi niya, Mark, huwag kang mag-apply sa kahit nasaan. Kahit saan private. Huwag ka na magtuloy ng pag-job street mo. Kasi sabi niya, I recommended you already sa Information and Training Division ng Environmental Management Bureau. Wow. So, you just need to pass the interviews and pass the examination. So, luckily, 
So naipasa ko naman lahat yun. And from then on, I started loving environmental education and science more. Kasi that time, I was in training information division. So I needed to know what are the components of environment from air to water to waste. So naging malawak yung aking ano napag-aralan about uh, about environment kasi I was a news writer that time a script writer and news writer and we publish also mga books and mga materials for the people for the students then I started loving environmental science and there is history about environmental education now as far as being pollution control officer is concerned it all started naman last early mm-hmm. 2020 that time when Taal volcano erupted Aha. So habang habang nakakarating na dito sa Metro Manila yung mga ashes ng Taal, so I think dineclare nang walang pasok dito. Nag-push pa rin ako para sa, sa training ko na yon. So it's a one-week training, 40-hour training straight, no absent and everything, and you have to pass at least 28 examinations. Wow. Kasi napakadaming topics. So they have diagnostic examinations and summative examinations. And you have to pass it because they will be submitting it to DNR. So luckily, I finished that. So it all started there as pollution control officer. And what I do now was to help the main pollution control officer of my institution for the compliance ng ating, ng aming institution. So nagsasubmit lang kami ng aming mga report about how do we transport our waste, our e-waste or electronic waste. And, you know, and other components of environment. So, there. Mm-hmm. May question ako, kasi interesting sa akin na nag-start ka with your work as a pollution control officer na saktong pandemya pa. Correct. <laughs> oh, nung sinabi mo nga yung sa Taal, sabi ko, ay, naalala ko yung mga joke dito ng tao na bago pa nagsimula mag-mask yung buong mundo, nauna na tayo. <laughs> kasi dahil nga sa, sa Taal. So, What can you share with us, kahit mga, mga observations mo lang, some insights about the state of pollution or yung naging pollution dito sa Pilipinas nung panahon ng, actually hindi noong panahon ng pandemya, kasi hanggang ngayon nasa pandemya pa rin tayo. Pero may nag, mamasabi mo bang may trend sa pollution? Like lumala ba? Are there certain kinds of waste na dumami? Or in general, ano bang mga masashare mo sa amin about the things that you learned sa work mo? Siguro, From the air pollution point of view, kasi I was a researcher then sa isang research institution about air pollution. It's an NGO. I think yung first part ng pandemic, first few months, four or five months of pandemic, nakita kagad natin kasi yung improvement ng ating haze, especially dito sa Metro Manila. So from, from I think, grayish or dark, dark color, naging light blue or bluish na kagad yung atmosphere ng entire Metro Manila if you happen to visit Antipolo. So makikita mo siya from Antipolo na nag-improve talaga ang ating, ano, ang ating atmosphere. So physically, talagang nag-improve siya. But as far as the chemical component of air pollution, somewhat nag-improve din talaga siya. It's really true. Nag-improve ang ating air quality dito sa Metro Manila. And biodiversity-wise, birds... And even other other animals were also visiting Metro Manila already. You know, noon dito walang masadong bats. Ngayon ang daming bats dito na tumitira na sa may gilid ng kisame namin. Dito na sila tumitira. It's because they found this area livable. Mm. Kasi to be honest, mga arte ang mga bats. Hindi sila mabubuhay kapag hindi maganda yung atmosphere mo at walang source ng food. So Uy. ibig sabihin, 
ang aming trees ay nagbe-bear ng fruits, so maayos naman yung hangin in terms of the noise, tolerable siya with our animals. So compared before, nag-improve naman siya. What's not improving right now or making worse is the waste on plastics. Aha. So I think it's really evident na, you know, kaliwat ka na ng lahat ng mga disposables natin eh. We can't use utensils, metal utensils anymore and reuse it. It's because of the, of course, health concern natin. So yun ang nagiging problem natin ngayon on handling our single-use plastics because it's really, you know, piling up. Eh, wala naman na tayong, limited na rin ang ating space for processing and, and wala, bawal na rin ang ating mga open landfills. Kaya limited din talaga ang pagkoproseso ng ating mga single-use plastics. So I think yan yung naging, medyo hindi nag-improve uh, this pandemic. But I think with the air pollution, the noise, even the improvement of biodiversity, kasi natigil din yung ibang pagpuputol ng puno dahil diba bawal. <laughs> oh, so nag-improve din yon somewhat. So I think yun yung naging main observation ko this pandemic. What's scary right now, it's because of social media then is the yung consumerism natin. Yung consumerism principle natin or yung idea natin na yung throwaway culture, isang gamit lang, tapos na kasi nakita natin sa social media, di ba, maganda. So we keep on buying things uh-huh. even if it's not really needed or relevant to our life. So that's consumerism na nakaka-contribute din siya sa carbon footprint, carbon emission, even waste. So, yun lang yung medyo naging observation natin. Mm. Alam mo, totoo yan eh. Actually, ang previous episode namin dito sa Ask Theory dealt specifically with ano, with the plastic pollution, yung single-use single plastic. And that problem was talagang discussed by our expert, our expert guest, si Mr. Jonas Dumdum, who also is the host of the Sustainer Rumble podcast. So, talagang ang thing niya ay sustainability and, you know, saving the environment in a smart way. So, curious ako, yung sky ba? Kasi, syempre, dalawang taon na tayong work from home. Dalawang taon na tayong, ano, pero, nagsisimula nang bumalik. Just to put it bluntly, maganda pa ba yung lagay ng sky ngayon? Actually, based on DNR data, starting, I think, October last year, up to now, it's not getting any better na. Why? Because we had a I'm not sure if moratorium or nagkaroon tayo ng parang control when it comes to public transport. So hindi talaga di ba lahat nakakasakay. Now, people opt to buy new cars or private cars. Therefore, nag, you know, nag-overproduce ngayon yung mga, yung mga company manufacturers kasi people are willing to buy private cars or their own cars just to have a comfort ride going to their places, going to their offices, which is nagkakaroon naman ngayon uli. Bumabalik na uli yung ating emission. Nagkakaroon na uli ng hindi magandang epekto dahil nga sa ibinubuga ng ating mga ng ating mga sasakyan. So instead of using MRTs or maybe ERTs, instead of, you know, doing carpool, kasi very limited na rin ang pagka-carpool ngayon dahil, di ba, I think, sa, sed- sa sedan cars, one or two or three, maximum of three passengers na lang inaalaw nila or else sisitahin ka ng IATF or kung sino man o MMDA kapag ka nag-overload ka or yeah, isinakay mo talaga yung number of people na capacity na sasakyan kaso hindi nga siya pwede right now. So I think, uh, I think last quarter of 2021, so nagkaroon na uli ng slight change when it comes to the quality of our air in Metro Manila. 
medyo bumabalik na siya sa hindi magandang state, it's because of the carbon emission brought by the private cars. Oo. Ang ano nito, no? ang complicated niya na problema kasi hindi mo pwede namang I mean, na-identify natin yung cause kung bakit siya. Ano. Simple, ano lang naman ito yung cause and effect. Pero hindi mo rin masisi entirely yung consumers na nangangailangan ng mas reliable na transportation. Kaya nga sinasabi nga, don't focus on moving yung vehicles. Focus on moving people. Yun nga yung, diba, yung principle ng pag-develop or pag-strengthen ng transportation systems ng isang bansa. Kailangan ang focus mo ay madala yung mga tao from one place to another. Hindi yung magparami ng kotse or ano ganyan or ayusin yung traffic or ano. I mean, those are important things. Pero the, the core of it should be to get the, the the people from one place to another in the quickest time possible or in the most efficient way possible. So talagang ang ano niyan, ang medyo lungkot and at the same time interesting yung discussion na yan. Naisip ko nga maybe that might be a good topic for this podcast in another episode. And that is why sustainability or sustainable development goals is still a concept. Kasi you are correct, ang hirap nung i-balance talaga ng people, the profit, and the planet when it comes to creating policies. Paano mo titimbangin na hindi naman matatalo yung mga tao, hindi naman matatalo ang ating economy, or hindi naman makakompromise ang ating planet or environment. That's why it's still a concept right now kasi it's really, really a mind-boggling challenge for all of us, including all our policymakers. Even the scientists are really, you know, struggling right now. Oh, kasi, uh, sorry, uh, nakikita ko kasing parang, nakikita ko everyone has the same conclusion. Well, or at least almost everyone has the same conclusion, has the same goals in mind, pero different points of view in terms of how to get there. Yun yung feeling ko nagiging problema. So, tama ka na, ano, it's a, it's a really complicated discussion. Pero buti na lang yung, yung discussion natin dito, medyo mas focus sa environment at buti lang hindi natin trabahong isolve yan ngayon. <laughs> so, pwede, diba? pwede natin balikan yung sinabi mo kanina na really interesting about green thumbs. Kasi for me, that's one thing that every Filipino should know about plant science and conservation. And I'm sure there are a few other nuggets of wisdom that you can share about that. So maybe you can tell our audience a little bit about some of the things that every Filipino should know about plant science and conservation. As I have said earlier, no, na planting is for everyone. So regardless your gender, your status, so on and so forth, tito, tita. So if we are going to make planting as part of our daily routine, So it's becoming habitual para nagiging part na talaga siya ng ating lifestyles. So kasi lahat na ng ating gawin eh. For example, we we bought something from Palenque, from the market, bumili tayo ng kamatis. And yung buto, means kung hindi natin trip kainan, may iisipan na lang natin na why not, itanim kaya. So it's becoming part of our system. It's becoming part of our lifestyle to really plant something. And not just planting vegetables and something that we could eat, but also the concern for, you know, living entity and for the environment na hindi ka lang makakatulong sa stomach mo, sa chan mo, hindi ka lang mabubusog. And of course, you're also helping the environment and the community to have a greener place. So, and also, kasi alam mo deep inside the importance of uh, plants and, you know, plants are the most capable of capturing CO2. Correct? So, aside from the entities that we see from the ocean no, na nakaka-capture yeah. talaga ng carbon dioxide, but although plant science or planting or, or plant conservations are sometimes heavy words to listen to kasi parang ang technical na plants, oh. we hear science and conservation, but it's it's really 
basic, as I have said earlier, na from proper watering of our plants, taking care of our soil, pag-select ng seed or seed selection, establishing our nurseries, the time when we hear me present about plant care, marirealize mo na basic lang pala talaga yung mga pinagsasabi ko right now if you happen to really pass by my, any of my presentations sa mga schools and universities at mapakinggan mo ko na sabihin ito, yung taong to basic lang naman talaga yung sinasabi nito eh. Kaya-kaya naman talaga nitong gawin eh. Maganda lang talaga siya pakinggan eh, or sometimes technical lang siya pakinggan but it's really, really basic. That's my message to people na it's no heavy, it's no technical, it's really basic. Technical lang siya basahe, technical lang siya tingnan but when you do it on your own, masasabi mong na ginagawa ko naman pala talaga to eh. Ano lang talaga kailangan lang natin i-practice. Siguro medyo nasanay lang talaga tayo ngayon na everything is instant, you know, parang gustuhin talaga lang natin bilhin na lang. As I've said uh-huh. earlier, consumerism, minsan nakakatamad na talagang gumawa eh. Kaya bibilhin ko na lang. And by doing so, nakakalimutan mo na nga yung mga basic instincts mo. So ayun, sometimes planting and farming are pictured as heavy stuff to do. But well, sometimes laborious, but it's really basic. So that's my main point here. Mm-hmm. I, I love that story kasi naalala ko yung nabasa kong post ng friend ko last week. I have a Facebook friend na he's really ano he's an advocate of of the environment talagang ano so he tries to practice sustainable living as much as possible and one of the interesting anecdotes that he shared on his social media account was that he has been trying to grow a special chili pepper na binigay sa kanya so ang ganda kasi haba nung post ang ganda nung kwento niya na parang nung una ang dami nung seeds niya tinanim niya tumubo Confident na siya natutubo. And then one day, pagpunta, paggising niya, wala na yung mga dahon kasi may ibon pala na dumating. Kinain lahat. So ang ginawa niya, nag-build siya ng cage for it. Pero nagkaroon naman ng sakit. So namatay din ulit yung plants after sometimes of blah, 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 blah. So weeks. And then ang ending is, tumubo, nagkaroon ng dalawang fruit. So medyo funny pero also very, medyo inspiring din. Kasi sabi niya sa, sa dulo ng post niya, And this is related to what you said kanina about about instant gratification. Sabi niya, kung kayo ay sanay na sa instant gratification, kung ang buhay niyo ay sanay na kayo sa mga bagay na instant lang ang reward sa inyo, believe me, delayed gratification is many many times more satisfying. Yun ang sabi niya. So, I love that story. Talagang naalala ko yun. And when you when you told us about what we should know about plant conservation, about yung technical terms and how it's really just a simple it's it's really a simple process of just doing it. No, naalala ko agad yan na talagang yung delayed gratification, sometimes the fruits are just really sweeter even if they're just two fruits. Correct. So, minsan pag nakita mo na namulaklak ang iyong halaman or nag-fruit na nga siya or kumbaga may iba na uling tumubo, lumaki na siya, parang feeling mo when you tell these stories to your friends or maybe colleagues, parang feeling mo, wow, ang galing-galing ko na kapag pabuhay ako ng ganito, kaya niyo ba itong gawin? So, uh-huh. di ba, nandun din yung gratification nga na ano, na... Kaya ko nakapagpabuhay ako ng ano ng halaman it's and it's bringing euphoria to us di ba when we tell yeah. these stories to our family to our friends na kaya naman pala talaga nating gawin Oo kaya kayo din yung mga nakikinig diyan yung mga nag-iisip na magtanim pero pinapagpaliban siguro ay hindi pa hindi ko pa kaya feeling ko hindi ko pa ano pero go lang go lang tayo at uh, ituloy natin yan Okay so I'm sure na yung mga nakikinig sa podcast ito, they recognize you, lalo na if, they, if they've been looking at TikTok for science communication because you are the chef scientist on TikTok. 
And I'm really curious about your your journey as a TikTok science communicator because ako, for me the platform is a bit alien. I really never got into the platform. I tried watching ano pero hindi ko talaga siya magamay. So maybe you can tell us a bit about what made you decide to create a TikTok account for science communication and how your journey has been so far as a science TikToker. My TikTok account or content kasi was really inspired. I'm not sure if you know these people by Coach Laika. By R.C. Larga, the, the pharmacist on TikTok, eh, Dr. Kiliman Guru, mm-hmm. and Ali, RMT, the medtech. So, sila yung mga naging inspiration ko before. But sabi ko during the first months of pandemic, kasi in 2020, that I'm not gonna give in on TikTok. <laughs> TikTok was not my thing. Ha? I will not dance, I will not, you know, make faces and everything. Uh-oh. It's not my thing, TikTok. Kaya nga ibinabalik siya sa akin minsan ng mga friends ko and people that know me na, ukala ko ba hindi ka magti-TikTok? Tapos ngayon, ikaw itong nagpo-post ng TikTok. So, I'm not even watching TikTok until May 2020. But gladly, when I started, I think last part of May or early onset of June, when I'm starting, nakita ko parati sa mga contents sa aking feed na ang lumalabas, ayun nga, si na Dr. Kiliman Guru, RC. Doon ko nakita yung other side of TikTok na TikTok was not just about entertainment or it's not just about entertainment. It's all about conveying information, educating people. Well, I think you know this naman na lahat naman ng social media platforms ay may good and bad side. Mm-hmm. Gladly, I was able to see the good side of TikTok that time. So, na-realize ko na ang ganda pala na, ano, na platform nitong TikTok to really share the knowledge, to share information, truthful information to all people na hindi ka lang ma-entertain, may matututuhan ka pa at pwede mo pang ma-apply on your daily uh, routine or activity. Then I started, ayun nga, browsing hashtag medtechs on TikTok. Nakikita ko na sila, wow, sabi ko. Hashtag psychologists on TikTok. May mga natututunan din ako. Chemists on TikTok, engineers on TikTok. But that time, sabi ko, bakit parang underrepresented ata kami mga biograds? Bakit wala talaga ako nakita <laughs> at all na nagsasabi about biology? Sabi ko, it's quite unfair for our profession in field na I can't hear or see anything about my profession and my degree. Sabi ko, I think it's about time for me to do something about my field, to give back to my field and to make them know that biology is not just about magiging doctor. So there's mm-hmm. a lot of platforms. The sky is the limit kapag ka-biology ang inuha mo. Uh, then, so it all started there sa inggit. <laughs> so sa inggit nag-umpisa ang aking uh, paggawa <laughs> ng TikTok. So, but my love for science was really, especially sa environmental science and plant science, have always been genuine regardless of TikTok or YouTube or any social media. Kasi nag-start naman talaga ako, wala pang TikTok way back eight years ago pa. So I've been doing talks to schools, universities, even private companies as part of their CSRs. The importance of, you know, planting environmental education, even ecotourism or sustainable tourism. And I really want to convince especially young people to venture to science field regardless of the spe- specialization they want to be in, regardless if it's physics, astronomy, health sciences, even engineering. Kasi di ba nakakalungkot isipin na sabi nga ng Philippine News Agency, I think two or three years ago, na merong 189 scientists per 1 million sa population mm. ng Pilipinas. And about one-eighth lang yung nagpursue ng research, ng teaching, out of that uh, 189 per 1 million. So imagine mo, ilan na lang yun, mga 20, 25, or, or less than 20. And most of them, eh, underemployed na. So imagine the statistics of that 
kulang na kulang talaga tayo. If not, nagtatrabaho na lang sa ibang bansa. So, hindi sila nakaka-contribute technically sa ating economy and sa ating, you know, for the personal purpose ng Pilipinas. So, yun yung naging driver ko talaga for me to do TikTok. Mm-hmm. Ilan na followers mo sa TikTok? As of right now, I think meron ng 187,100 followers. Grabe, ang dami. <laughs> I think almost 2.2 million likes. Ayan. Grabe. Why do you think sobrang effective na? Kasi for me, ah, I mean, ako hindi, hindi, hindi ako nito TikTok, pero I find that impressive. Why do you think it's such an effective platform for science communication? Actually, why do you think social media is effective for communicating science? Kasi whenever I do presentations about science communication, ah, not just about planting and, and plant conservation, I keep on saying in the beginning of my presentation that ah, there's this goldfish effect. So I'm not sure if you are familiar with goldfish. I'm sure you do with goldfish effect. Ngayon talaga maiksi-maiksi ng attention span ng tao. So from, you know, sa YouTube noon, natsatsaga mo pang manood ng mga one hour, 30 yeah. minutes. Oh, mahabang uh, video. video. Pero ngayon, ang 10 minutes na video ngayon sa Facebook, sa YouTube, talagang ang haba. It's really nakaka-boring na minsan manood ng gano'n na noon naman kaya mong panoorin kahit isang oras. And then TikTok made, you know, shorter version of YouTube. And sometimes, real-time mo pang makakausap yung content creator doon sa TikTok. So I think that's the parang naging advantage ng ano ng TikTok because the videos become shorter. I think maximum na ang three minutes. And mostly, compressed na talaga yung information na maririn mo. Kumbaga, pinaiksi-pinaiksi directly and straight to the point. Makukuha mo kagad yung chunk ng gusto mong malaman when it comes to uh, the things that you really uh, wanted to know dahil nga very limited na lang eh yung ibinigay ng time slot ng ano ng TikTok so you have to really compress all the information that you are about to say to your audience so yun yung i think naging magandang advantage naman ng ano ng, ng especially ng TikTok sa ating information dissemination mm. Gusto ko yung nabanggit mo kanina actually just to to go back to what you said a little earlier about true information kasi sa akin, sobrang importante niyan. As we know, you know, sabi mo nga, social media, good and bad. One of the not-so-nice things about social media, lalo na TikTok, is the proliferation of misinformation and disinformation, not just about science. We've seen the effects in, in, Fili- in Philippine society. Let's just, let's just leave it at that. And, you know, it, it really is important now, more than ever, na yung content na ginagawa natin ay truthful, based on accurate, reliable information with credible sources. Pero at the same time, sabi mo nga, hindi natin pwedeng ignore yung fact na yung audience attention kailangan i-factor in din natin sa paggawa ng content. So, sa lahat ba ng mga nagawa mong, ano ba tawag mo sa kanila? TikTok clips? Uh, what do you call them? Contents. Content. Yes, content. Sa lahat ng mga nagawa mo, ano yung may pinakamatataas na views? And why do you think that's the case? Number one, I think the video that I made about Ascaris lumbricoides. Mm-hmm. So I'm not sure if you are familiar with that. So ito yung uh, mga bulate sa chan. Uh-huh. So it's very relatable, lalo na sa mga nanay. O, at lalo na doon sa mga nakaka-experience dito mismo about oh. his worm mm-hmm. na nakikita natin. So I just explained it. Now people call me doctor. Sabi ko, I'm not a doctor. I'm not diagnosing anything. I'm just explaining mm-hmm. what that worm is all about. So I'm oh. not diagnosing or, you know, yung mga gamot na kailangan yung inumin. So, yun yung number one kong I think naging nag-most hit na video. Uh-huh. And then, the second one was all about thesis writing. 
So of course, huh. during ngayong pandemic, mostly yung mga module breaks natin kasi for the students was really online and maraming research works talaga yung mga estudyante natin and isa pagsusulat din ng thesis and they find my video really helpful. Minsan nakaka-receive pa nga ako ng mga messages from my audience na Sorry ah, sa mga ibang teachers. Kasi yung teacher ko po hindi nakakapagturo eh. Binibigay na lang sa amin yung presentation niya and then kami na mag-aaral. And Mababasa. Then, right, correct. And then right after a week or two, we will submit our output without even knowing what's really inside of my paper. It's because I just, you know, scanned her, his or her presentation without me knowing really what to do. So I find this guide and steps on how to properly write an academic paper really helpful to me. Kasi una, the language I use is very vernacular and very relatable to people. I don't really sound so academic when it comes to creating content. It's really like parang conversational or like ang Kuya Kim Peg. Silang. Yes, oh, that hindi ka ma-intimidate sa, uh-huh. sa boses and how I approach my audience. It feels like parang ang nagsabi lang sa'yo, barkada mo. Ganun. Actually, ito nga sa conversation natin to parang... I mean, I always tell my guests before the interviews na kwentuhan lang to. Pero nafe-feel ko nga na as we're talking na parang, uy, tropa ko lang din tong kausap ko. Very malumanay mag-explain and very, very clear. So these are some of the things na I think magandang lessons no, na pwedeng i-apply sa Psycom. So kung, kung may mga aspiring, sabi natin, TikToker or science communicator, may tips ka ba on making effective science content? Well, one thing muna na lagi ko rin ibinibigay na payo sa aking mga maybe followers or may, doon sa mga nagtatanong sa akin on how to really create contents and how to start engagement and dumami ang engagements mo was to really make your audience feel that you are reachable. Make your audience feel that they are not intellectually and academically inferior. Make them feel na para lang silang tinuturuan talaga without feeling them na ang bobo ko naman. Parang ano ba yan? Magmukha kung walang kaalam-alam sa sinabi mo. Make them feel na para silang isang researcher na, ah, eto pala yung natutunan ko. Paano yung ganito? So, and then by doing that na ibabalik mo sa kanila, thank you for that question. It's really good question. Maski ako may matututunan. It's like, binibigyan din mo sila ng credit sa ginawa nila just to make them feel that they are not intellectually and academically inferior. So, iyon yung number one kong i-share sa aking mga audience or to people that really wanted to know about science communication. And secondly, you have to be not necessarily master but an expert of the field that you are really doing. Kasi you really cannot say things that you really don't know. Mahirap na yung nabasa mo lang sa Facebook, nabasa mo lang sa Google, and then all of a sudden, you made a content about it without even researching, without even knowing the real information or the background of it. Kasi ako, when I do my content sometimes, so not just, you know, researching on Google, researching by the books, I also interview people, especially mm-hmm. when I will be saying policies re- related to my topic, or maybe it's about environment and pollution, I interview people from ano from DNR lalo na close sila sa akin. So I always verify my information tama pa ba updated pa ba tong sasabihin ko kasi baka mamaya the things that are I'm about to say was already obsolete 
or you know hindi na sa tinatanggap ngayon sa community and baka mabasa ko natatakot din ako mabasa to be honest <laughs> so things like that I, I interview people I message them through messenger or Facebook just to verify the information that I'm about to share to the public and of course you know a lot of reading and, and studying kasi to be honest of all the things that you've done for the social media, of all the good things that you have shown to them, ang isang pagkakamali mo ay talagang they will blame it to you from, oh. you know, skin to the bones. <laughs> Iko-crucify ka talaga nila to death pag nagkamali ka ng sinabi mo. So Legit. you really have to study <laughs> your craft. You have to be an expert of your field or a master of your field for them to really feel the accuracy in you at saka yung credibility mo as a content creator kasi mahirap na you keep on saying things about science tapos ang nakikita naman pala nila talaga na mga ginagawa mo was all about you know fashion and everything so hindi nagre-reflect kumbaga <laughs> sometimes you have to in- invite talaga yung espiritu ng pagiging ano ng scientist na yun nga my peg talaga was really kuya Kim eh. So that's my uh, second pa the aspiring uh, scientists natin dyan, or science communicators natin dyan. And the third one was to really to be genuine. Mm-hmm. Mahirap kasi if you keep on pretending or you are pretentious on all your contents, mahirap minsan i-fake ang personality. Kasi sometimes interviews like this, na minsan on the spot or impromptu, doon lalabas yung tunay mong kulay, doon lalabas yung tunay na laman ng utak mo. Kasi it's way different when you are creating content. Sometimes you have scripts. I too use scripts. Uh, can be edited. Yeah? Right? Uh, Oo. Alam natin yun. Pwede mong i-redo or rerun lahat ng mga ginawa mo just to make it look perfect or look seamless. Yes. But when you do, you know, on the spot and impromptu interviews like this or presentation, ito lalabas yung tunay mong kulay. So hindi ka naman pala totoo or hindi naman pala totoo yung laman ng utak mo at pagkatao mo. So your personality would really shine on your video. Makita nila if you are sincere doon sa mga sinasabi mo. And they would feel talaga if truthful yung sinasabi mo na information. Oh. Alam mo, I love, I love the advice that you gave. Lalong-lalo na yung kailangan iparamdam mo nga sa kanila na hindi, you're not, hindi ka nagmamagaling. What I always tell people who attend my lectures, at the end, parang regardless of what the topic is, whether it's about social media or psychom or something, lagi ang ending ko ito, ultimately your goal should be this, make your audience smarter, don't make yourself look smarter. Hindi ka gumagawa ng content para magmalaki ka na, ah, alam ko lahat, ako ang pinakamagaling. Yung ginagawa mo ay pagbabahagi ng kaalaman para lahat tayo ay mag-benefit, para lahat tayo maka-appreciate ng science. Hindi yung para lang pagmukhaan mo na ikaw yung magaling. Sinasabi ko nga sa kanila kung yan ang goal mo, kung gusto mo lang mag-communicate ng science para ipakita na magaling ka sa science, huwag mo na lang gawin. <laughs> Maghanap ka na lang ng ibang gagawin kasi hindi ka makakatulong, makakasama ka pa. So tama yung tama yung sinabi mo and that relates also to yung sinabi mo na yung totoo ba yung nasa loob mo at totoo ba yung nasa isip mo because if you if you're not genuine if you don't love what you do if you don't believe in what you do it will show lalong-lalo na in your unguarded moments so that's correct o di ba lalabas talaga yung totoo mong pagkatao kapag ka naka-off na yung camera and then someone you know maybe your follower would see you you are doing things that you are not really projecting projecting on social media so 
uh, mahirap. Just to add on the things that you said earlier, minsan ito rin yung kahinaan ng mga scientists natin to really convey information. Kasi I'm not sure if you know this person, a professor from UP na naging professor din sa Lasal, si Dr. Alikwanan, mm-hmm. uh, marine biologist. Yeah. Sabi niya, ito talaga ang ano, ang hirap na gawin ng mga scientists. You know, scientists like me can write journals, papers, academic papers 24-7. But saying this to public, presenting this to public is a different animal. Kasi scientists were not born to speak. Scientists now were born to write. You know, to jot down all the things that they learned or they observed from the things that they do. So yun daw talaga yung purpose ng scientists. Because I'm sure you're a science grad too, science-related grad too. Are you? Actually, hindi. That's the funny right. thing. But wala, wala akong science background. I just love it. <laughs> no problem. That's your advantage actually. But as a science graduate naman, especially biology, kasi we don't have any communication subjects that much. I think isa lang. And mukhang parang mahirap pa siya matandaan yung, kasi natabunan na siya ng mga mahihirap na subjects. So ibig sabihin, scientists were not really going to speak to the public. It's really a challenge for scientists right now. Na it's also good to really train them as well. They are academically good, good at you know paper writing. Research, but uh-huh. sometimes oh, that's their struggle too. So we really also need to help our scientists on how to properly convey message to people. Na hindi makifeel ng tao that they are you know less oh, being belittled. Yes, being belittled na parang pagkatapos ng presentation na I feel so bobo and I feel so low. Dahil ang galing-galing niya, ang dami niyang magagandang sinabi, malalalim na words na sinabi, when in fact hindi naman pala talaga siya naiintindihan ng tao. It's because that person or that scientist doesn't really know how to convey message or doesn't know how to laymanize the terms and to help his or her audience to ingest the things that he or she is saying to them. Oh, yeah. Ayun. So, this was a very inspiring talk. Ako, as a science communicator, I love talking to fellow science communicators because it, sa akin, may natututunan ako. Hopefully, may nasa-share din ako. And kung ano yung ako from our conversations, ay ina-apply ko sa mga ginagawa ko. And I'm sure that there are people out there listening now na na-inspire mo din na gusto rin mag-communicate ng science. Maybe through TikTok or maybe through YouTube or magsulat. If they want to reach out to you, maybe to, to learn a bit more about you or to follow you on TikTok or on social media, where are the best places to contact you? The best way to reach me out, of course, to message me <laughs> on my social media, on TikTok, on Facebook, or even through email. But it's still the comment section of my contents na I think the best way to reach out to me because sometimes I dedicate time talaga to really read their comments. Kahit minsan, violent pa yung ibang comment nila. Minsan, death threats pa nga. I also wow. receive death threats. Just to learn also from my audience. Kasi sometimes doon sa comment section, they also share stuff. So doon nag-i-start yung engagement. Pero minsan kasi, with the influx of the comments, kunwari nag-trend yung isang content, sa sobrang dami na rin ng mga comments, minsan di ko na rin siya nababasa. Hindi na ako nagkakaroon, o nagkakaroon ng pagkakataon para i-check sila isa-isa. Some audience up to email me. So nakaka-receive talaga ako ng mga personal emails. Ay, sumasagot naman ako lalo na kapag I feel uh, sincerity doon sa kanilang mga inquiries. Kasi yung iba, nag-i-inquire sila. And then at the end of their email, sinasabi na nila, 
uh, sir or kuya sagutan mo naman tong ano ko ganito sabi ko parang i am compelled now to answer your your assignment or your research so minsan hindi ko sinasagot yung mga ganong <laughs> mga inquiries but when i feel really that this question or inquiry is really sincere they really want to know something or they really want to hear my comments about their work talagang i give comment even sa mga thesis writing nila i really give i dedicate comment but very limited lang syempre and minsan if they want me to identify or microorganisms minsan tinutulungan ko sila even identify plants so ayan natutulungan ko sila they also send dms on facebook and IG and to all those interested to follow me, please follow me on TikTok, of course, at Seth underscore scientist or Martinow, your hashtag biologist on TikTok. And you can follow me on IG. Just search ano, Martinow and same with my Facebook. I'm totally reachable naman. Alright. I'm sorry. I really have to ask before we end this. Why did you get death threats? What was your content? Bakit ka pinadala ng death threat? I think, ano to, nung 2020, nung nag-start yung Dolomite. So I gave my contents, my comments about the Dolomite. Uh, And of course, people would not be pleased with all the scientific <laughs> uh, background uh-oh. that I gave. Hindi sila na please don't. Uh, minsan, I receive, bigla akong sinabihan, huwag kang dadaan sa ganito dahil babatuhin kita, ganito. <laughs> wow. Or, oh, so yun yung mga ano ko, yun yung mga na-receive ko. Pero I limit na my ano my myself in doing or in creating contents like that. But as I said then earlier as part of my presentation before uh, when creating contents, maganda na yung gagawin mong content was timely. So that mm-hmm. time kasi Dolomite was timely. Yes. Kaya I created content. But especially if may dispute pa siya, make sure to really prepare yourself from, you know, information bombardment that Uh-oh. your audience will give to you. So make sure you know the law. Make sure you know the scientific background para hindi ka nila matakot sa mga sabihin nila. Oh, tsaka tigasan yung loob. Correct. <laughs> talagang patibayan siya ng loob. Or minsan, huwag mo na lang talagang pansinin. Kasi matapang lang naman talaga ang tao kapag ka behind a unpictured profile pic or That's profile true. Grabe, that's true. Alam mo, I don't want to get into it na lang dito. Pero nakatanggap na rin ako ng threats of bodily harm. Sometimes for articles na feeling ko, wala namang, wala namang sinabing mali dito. Pero some, may na-offend. Na-offend siya dun sa sinulat ko. Tinawag akong tanga, tinawag akong stupid. May tumawag sa akin na puppet ng Amerikano. Parang, what? Correct. What? Pero, yeah. So, Thank you. Thank you for what you do. I just want to say na as a science communicator nga din, I appreciate what you do and how you are helping to bring science to the public. So thank you so much, Mark. Thank you, Seth Scientist, for what you do. And again, thank you for being here on the podcast. Sana ma-guest ka namin dito ulit. Marami pa tayong pag-uusapan palagay ko. And I, I'm sure that our listeners who are, would love to hear you here on the show again. Maraming maraming salamat, Mikael. And it's really, really my honor to be part of this program and yeah see you soon uh, or sana maging part uli ako ng ano mo ng podcast mo absolutely uh, in the future oh collab and and hope we can meet sometime <laughs> pwede na naman tayong lobas hindi na tayo bawal lobas so maybe we can uh, as science communicators we can meet sometime yeah. strongly agree maraming 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 salamat and also to people like you for promoting science even if you are you know non-science grad but still pursuing science communication as really an imperative subject for people for them to really know about science thank you for doing that also 
Yeah. Well, naiiniwala akong kailangan talaga yan ngayon. Now more than ever in this society. <laughs> so yun. Thank you so much. Take care. Stay safe and keep in touch. Thank you for listening to this episode of Ask Theory. Follow Flip Science on Facebook, at Flip Science PH on Twitter, and at Flip Facts on Instagram. And check out our official Shopee store if you want to get copies of our books, Historiang Scientifico and Science Scramble. Stay curious.